Will Big Sky Player of the Year Steel Venters be Gonzaga's starting small forward this year? And what can Zags fans expect from the former Eastern Washington sharpshooter? Let's break it all down here on the Locked On Zags podcast. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that can treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Well, folks, we are continuing our player preview series today, discussing every single player on Gonzaga's roster. We're going to take a look at their history, how they got to Spokane. We're also going to talk about their best case scenarios for this upcoming season, their worst case scenarios for this upcoming season, closing out the show with a more realistic role and expectations for them entering this season and a look towards the future. We started with Ben Gregg last week. We also ended with Ryan Nemhart on Friday. And now we continue the series talking about another transfer for the Zags in Steel Venters. Steel Venters history is a six foot seven guard from Ellensburg, Washington. So didn't ultimately make it all that far, just a little farther east in the state. Uh, He initially committed to Eastern Washington back in April of 2019. He did redshirt during that 2019-20 season. Uh, For the the record, he was coached by Shantae Leggins, not only as a redshirt freshman when he did not play, but also in his actual freshman year. Shantae Leggins was the head coach there. Tyler Robertson, who is of course now uh, a starting guard for the Portland Pilots, likely for First team all WCC player this year. Fantastic talent. He is there. They were teammates for two years at Eastern Washington, coached by Shantae Leggins, now the coach of the pilots. The Groves brothers, Tanner and Jacob Groves, were there as well. Those were some very, very loaded Eastern Washington teams. Steele, again, did not play as a true freshman, but as a it is redshirt freshman year in that 2020-21 season. We saw him kind of sneak into the rotation a little bit, just 17 games for Venters in that season, but he did play about 10 minutes per night, three and a half points, 1.4 rebounds, took 29 three-point attempts, knocked down 12 of them. That's good for a 41.5% clip. Then Shantae Leggins took the job at UP. He took a handful of players with him, including Tyler Robertson, including Jack Perry, including Michael Meadows. A handful of guys all out the door. David Riley takes over as the head coach at Eastern, and Steel Venters blossoms. Immediately, some more playing time. He probably would have taken a leap anyway as a guy who'd been in the system for a couple of years who was kind of primed to hit a bigger role in, in in his second season as an actual player on the floor. But man, the glow up. From that 17 games, nine and a half minutes, 3.6 points was significant because in that 2021-22 season, first under coach David Riley, Steel Venters played 33 games. He played just under 34 minutes per night. He averaged a career high 16.7 points per game, 3.9 boards, 2.2 assists, and just under one steal per game. He was very efficient, 47.5% on two-pointers, a blistering 43.5% on threes. That was on over six attempts per game. This dude straight up lit it up 
in that junior season, or I guess redshirt sophomore season for Venters. Uh, he's also 84.7% from the free throw line. All that led to him being all Big Sky second team, despite being fifth in the conference in total points. He didn't quite sneak onto the all Big Sky first team. He topped 20 points 11 times, so one third of his games. As a redshirt sophomore, he was over 20 points per game. That included a road game against Colorado, uh, a theme we'll talk about a little bit more. Steel Venters tends to do some of his best performances against high-quality opponents. That's a really good sign for him entering uh, the WCC, coming to Gonzaga, getting to play a lot more high-profile teams than he was playing with the Eagles at Eastern Washington. But again, that was not Steele's last year at Eastern Washington. He came back for that 22-23 season, looking to bounce or looking to rebound off of a year where he averaged 16 points per game. And all he did as a redshirt junior was go ahead and win the Big Sky Player of the Year. He was snubbed from the all, all Big Sky first team as a redshirt sophomore, and he said, "I'm just going to go win the whole dang thing." And in, he did that even despite his numbers kind of taking a little bit of a dip, not in a super significant way. Again, he played about 34 minutes per game as a sophomore. He played 31 and a half minutes per game as a junior. So he saw his numbers come down a little bit as his overall minutes per game came down. He played 34 games, 15.3 points, 2.8 boards, 1.5 assists, and 0.8 steals. So again, a tiny bit down across the board, but not in a dramatic way. He also also significantly improved his efficiency as a two-point scorer. As a junior, excuse me, as a sophomore, he was 47.6%. As a junior, he bumped that all the way up to 54.9%, just about 55% on two-pointers. The three-point percentage dipped a bit, went from 43 as a sophomore to 37.1% last season at Eastern Washington. Free throw stayed consistent about 84.5%, but Steele was very, very consistent throughout the season for Eastern Washington. He scored in double figures in 27 of the team's 34 games. Only seven games last year did Steel Venters not hit at least 10 points per game. And like we said, when it was against big opponents, when it was on the road, he showed up. 26 points on the road at Texas Tech. Eastern Washington went out on the road against a Big 12 team and Steel Venters dropped 26. He also had 33 points on 11 of 12 shooting from inside the arc. That was against North Dakota State. Admittedly, not a great opponent, but still putting up 33 points per game is always going to be notable. He also had 27 points in an NIT victory over Washington State. Eastern played Wazoo twice last year, and we played him once in the regular season. He had 20 in that game, played him in that NIT tournament, and he had 27. Two of Steele's three most, most productive games in terms of points scored were against Power 5 opponents. Once again, proving that this is somebody who didn't just rack up production by beating up on Northern Arizona and Portland State and Montana. This is a guy who, when the lights were the brightest, when they were playing the best teams, when the other team had better defenders, had a better chance in theory of slowing him down, and he was very clearly Eastern's best player last year, that's when he did his best work. And I think that tells you a lot about the kind of personality that he has, the kind of tenacity, aggression, hard work, all of that stuff, mentality in general, because guys who, who play for smaller programs like this, when they face those teams, you often see guys, they might still have 18 points, but it might come on like, 
you know, seven of 22 shooting or something like that. But no, when the when the, the lights were the brightest on Steel Venters, he went out and had some of the best games of his career, a tremendous sign of what he's capable of bringing to Gonzaga this upcoming season. And that's what happened. He entered the transfer portal on March 31st. And there was not a lot of mystery where he might go. Most people just kind of said, oh, he'll probably just make it the trip 30 miles, you know, 30 miles out to go to Spokane from Cheney, Washington and end up uh, in, in at Gonzaga. And that's what happened. And it only took 11 days, April 10th, 11 days after Steel Venters entered the transfer portal, he commits to Gonzaga. Of course, there was kind of the obvious fit. We knew Julian Strother was likely going to stay in the NBA draft process, which, of course, he did. We figured that uh, we knew Rasir Bolton was gone. We figured there was a chance Malachi Smith would be gone. So there was definitely some opportunities for a guard or a wing to step into a role for Gonzaga. And the Zags got it done quickly with Venters. Again, early April, season was barely over, and Steele was already in a Gonzaga uniform. So let's talk about what this is going to look like. We know this young man can light it up against high-level opponents. Could he be a diamond in the rough for the Zags? Ryan Nemhart, Graham E.K., they're getting most of the attention, but could Steele Venters be a guy who maybe makes some more headlines than we're expecting? We're going to talk about his best and his worst-case scenarios coming up after a word from today's sponsor, Jace Medical. With storm shortages and pandemics and supply chain issues all over the place, we need to be prepared now more than ever. And everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have that medication in your hands. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my promo code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Doctor created, doctor recommended, Jace Medical. Folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners checking out the show on YouTube as well. And folks, we're going to do continue these, these player previews going throughout the week. I do want to give a shout out to the women's basketball team who had Adam Sandler on campus. We saw this just recently. It was posted as I'm recording the show. Uh, very fantastic to see Adam Sandler in the house hanging out with the Gonzaga women's basketball team. We'll talk about it more on a later episode of Locked on Zags. But for now, we're going to continue our player preview conversation. And today we're looking at Steel Venters transfer from Eastern Washington. He started his high school career in Ellensburg, went out to Cheney, and is now in Spokane. Hasn't ventured too far from the hometown, but uh, should be a player who, who fills a valuable role for the Zags. And we're going to talk best and worst case scenarios. And for those of you who've listened to these, the previous two shows, we had Ben Gregg last Wednesday and Ryan Nempart on Friday. Also, for those of you who maybe have listened to these kinds of episodes in previous years, we've done this for, I think, two years now here on Locked on Zags. You know that these are best case within reason and worst case without injury. The worst case for any player is they get hurt and they miss time. It's not productive to have that conversation. We're talking worst case on the basketball court. And likewise, for best case, every player's best case scenario is that they win national player of the year. Uh, they are, you know, all American, et cetera, et cetera. But we're going to keep those within reason. For players where that makes sense, we'll discuss it. For players where it maybe doesn't make sense, we'll discuss what those realistic scenarios are. So for Steel Venters, the best case scenario is that he seamlessly steps into the role Julian Strother held for Gonzaga last year. Julian Strother was Gonzaga's secondary scoring option off of Drew Timmy. 
I don't think that Steel Ventures is going to be second on Gonzaga in scoring, but in a best case scenario for him, he is. He kind of operates in that similar role where when the, when the offense breaks down, they get him the ball and he goes and gets a bucket. They drive and dish, get him the ball where he can shoot it, and he got that quick release, gets the ball up and scores. The best case scenario for Steel Ventures is that the Ryan Woolridge effect is in play. Again, longtime listeners have probably heard me talk about the Ryan Woolridge effect. Uh, it's named after, of course, Ryan Woolridge, North Texas transfer who joined Gonzaga in that 2019-20 season. And Woolridge for three years at North Texas had been like a 32, 33% three-point shooter. And then in one year at Gonzaga, he shot like 42% simply because he was open a lot more than he had been at North Texas. He was not the focal point of the opposing team's defense. When you're the third or fourth or fifth option on your team, you are likely to find yourself with a lot more open looks than you previously had. I use what Ryan Woolridge because it was very obvious that it happened for him, but it also happened for Rasir Bolton. It also happened for Malachi Smith. It has happened for a handful of other players who have transferred into Gonzaga and have immediately seen their three-point and overall field goal percentage increase because they are playing a different role. Steel Ventures was the best player in the Big Sky last year. He is going to be the third or fourth option offensively most of the time for Gonzaga. In a best-case scenario, that allows him, a guy who shot 37% last year, a guy who shot 43% the year before that, that allows him to fill a, a more complementary role as an outside shooter. He gets more open looks, and he shoots 50%. Malachi Smith shot 50% in WCC play last year from three. There is no doubt in my mind especially if we're talking best case scenarios, that Steel Ventures can meet or eclipse that mark. This dude could be a dead eye, making the three half the time type of shooter for Gonzaga. In a best case scenario for Steel Ventures, the, playing with a point guard like Ryan Nempard, playing with bigs like Anton Watson and Graham E.K., it puts less pressure on him. He is not the man. He doesn't have to score 15 a night, 16 a night. He doesn't have to score 20 points basically every time out. He is, and that less pressure, he adjusts well to that. He understands his role. He is not asked to be the guy with the ball in his hands, making decisions, deciding whether to drive or pass, having to go attack the basket. He has a defined role. He understands that role, and he plays it to perfection. A best-case scenario for Steel Venters does not eclipse his previous statistical outputs at Eastern Washington. That's not likely the case here. I think it's possible he approaches 15 points per game but I don't think he's going to top it. And I don't think that's necessarily the best for Gonzaga. The best is that he's maybe closer to 12, 13 points per game, but very efficient. That is the best case scenario for Gonzaga. That big increase we saw for him as a two-point shooter, he went from what he was at 45 to 56 or something like that. If he increases that again, if he's 58% on twos and something like 48, 49, 50% from three, that is the key. The volume will probably be less, but the efficiency will probably be higher. The best case scenario for Steel Ventures is that the concerns that many have about his defense are, are unwarranted. They're alleviated by early in the season. I don't think the best case scenario for Steel Ventures is that he's an all-defensive player in the WCC. I don't think that's particularly likely. But the best case scenario for Steel Ventures is that he is a very adequate wing defender. He can use his size as a six foot seven two three. He's probably generally going to be guarding players smaller than him. He uses his length and his size to be an adequate defender in the WCC. That's the best case scenario for him defensively. 
Additionally, less pressure on him offensively allows him to focus more on defense. He doesn't have to worry about having to go get a bucket on the offensive end like he did at Eastern Washington, and he can maybe put a little bit more time and energy into what he's doing on the defensive end of the floor. Best case scenario for Steel Venters, he leads the WCC in free throw percentage. He is among the league leaders in three-pointers made. He's among the league leaders in three-point percentage. And quite honestly, a best case scenario for Steel Venters is that he is an all-WCC performer. I think all WCC first team is pretty unlikely. I don't think it's impossible, but I think Ryan Nempart and Graham Ike are very likely to have spots on the first team. I think Anton Watson is very likely to have a spot on the first team, or at least in that conversation. I don't think Gonzaga gets four, but could Steel Venters be an all WCC second teamer? Absolutely. Third teamer? I don't want to say probably, but like it's, it seems pretty likely that that could happen for him. Certainly an honorable mention could be in the conversation for him as well. But if we're talking best case, he's all WCC second team, and we're wondering why he didn't make the first team. Best case scenario for Steel Ventures, he soaks up big minutes and he takes pressure off the freshman. This is a team that is relying a lot on a on depth that is, hasn't played at college basketball before. Jun Sakio, Dusty Stromer, Luka Krajnovic. Those are guys who could all conceivably fill that three role for Gonzaga. None of them have played college basketball before. In a best-case scenario, Steel Venters can soak up enough minutes and play a kind of mentorship, lead-by-example type role that makes those guys' life easier. Maybe it doesn't help them a ton this year, but it helps them improve in their future. Next year, they're better because of what Steel Venters did this year. That kind of situation. The best-case scenario for Steel Venters is that he's planning to return in the 24-25 season, and we're all pumped about it. We're happy to have him back. We're ready for another year with Steel Venters shooting the crap out of the basketball and playing that role to perfection as a, as a key role player for the Zags. What are the worst case scenarios for Steel Venters? Well, the worst case is that he doesn't adjust to a more complimentary role. Most of the players Gonzaga has added in the transfer portal, especially coming from lower majors like Ryan Woolridge, like Malachi Smith, like Steel Venters, most of them have adjusted pretty well. But sometimes there is an adjustment period. Malachi Smith's a good example of this. He struggled early in his college career, or early in his Gonzaga career. He went from being 35 minutes per game, leading scorer for his team all while he was at Wright State and while he was at Chattanooga, to coming off the bench. And it was hard for him. I don't know. I haven't talked to him a lot about it individually, but you could tell that he was struggling to figure out his place. And then when he found it, he found it. And he was great. There was times he was the best player for Gonzaga, but there was also times where he kind of disappeared. And in a worst case scenario for Steel Venters, it's kind of the same. He doesn't adjust well to being the third, fourth, fifth option offensively when he used to be the man. I'm not saying it's like a mental thing and he's like pouting or anything like that. I mean, I, I suppose that could happen, but I'm more just saying like his efficiency drops because he's not used to uh, only shooting every you know, six or seven possessions as opposed to, you know, getting a lot more shots like he did at Eastern. Some guys just don't adjust to being a complimentary piece when they haven't had to be that throughout their career. For Steel Ventures, the worst case scenario is that if he's not hitting three-point shots in an effective clip, he's kind of unplayable. He's not been ever been much of a passer, facilitator, distributor. He's not a great rebounder, especially for a guy his size. He's not known as a great defender. And in a worst case scenario, none of that stuff is really happening and he's not shooting very well. That makes him borderline unplayable. I don't think there's a worst case scenario where he's like entirely out of the rotation, but there is absolutely a worst case scenario where he loses playing time to young players, where Dusty Stromer plays over him, where Dusty Stromer starts over him. 
that could happen. I expect Steel Ventures to begin the season in the starting lineup. I have been pretty steadfast about that, and I still do. But there's a scenario, and again, it's maybe not even the worst for Gonzaga, but there's a scenario for Steel Venters where he's not starting by the time conference play rolls around. There's a scenario where he's not starting by the time December rolls around. If he's struggling to adjust to that role, I think Steel makes sense in the starting lineup because I think you want a floor spacer who doesn't need a bunch of touches but can score points in a hurry. Steel has to be ready to adjust to that role. There's no indication that he's not, but if we're talking worst-case scenarios, that's what it is, that he doesn't that being a, a more complimentary piece doesn't suit him. And because he doesn't have other skills that really pop, his main skill that makes him a valuable Gonzaga basketball player is that outside shooting. If that's not there, he loses playing time. He becomes the seventh man while Dusty Strummer's in the starting lineup or Jun Sakio's in the starting lineup. And he's playing less and less. That's the worst case scenario for him. The defense is an issue. It causes him to lose playing time. And he's coming off the bench. By the end of the season, the worst case scenario, he's not a clear part of the team's future. There's an expectation, perhaps, that he's going to enter the transfer portal and play somewhere else for his final year of eligibility. That could happen in a worst case scenario for Steel Ventures. We're going to close out the show talking about more realistic scenarios. What are the likely expectations for Steel Ventures next year? What is the role we expect him to play, as well as his future with the program? All of that coming up after a word from today's sponsor, eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what helps keep your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you are looking for. Plus, with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your car every time, or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the all the parts you need at all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home a victory. Keep your car alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions do apply. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, folks, closing out the show today, continuing our player preview on Eastern Washington transfer wing steel venters was about to start his first season in Spokane, I should say, uh, in the East. He's been in the Inland Northwest for a while, but now he's going to play in Spokane at the McCarthy Athletic Center. We talked about his best and worst case scenarios there. And now, as it tends to be, our realistic expectations, realistic role in production, somewhere in the middle. Now, I do expect Steel Ventures to start the three. Once again, have not wavered from that expectation. Uh, still think that that's the likely reality for Gonzaga. Mark Few tends to not play freshmen over veterans. Uh, they added Steele really early in the offseason. I don't think they would do that if they planned to eventually bring him off the bench. Uh, I don't think any of the freshmen are going to take that spot from him. Uh, you never know. I don't think it's impossible to imagine somebody else starting over Steel Ventures, but I am expecting that that is what happens. I expect he starts alongside Ryan Nembhard and Nolan Hickman in the backcourt and Anton Watson and Graham E.K. in the frontcourt. I expect Dusty Stromer and Jun Sakio to give him uh, everything they can in the in the preseason leading up to the first game of the season, but I do expect ultimately Steele will win out and play the majority of those minutes. Now, I don't think Steele's going to play 32, 33 minutes per game like he did at Eastern Washington. I think he's more like 25 minutes per game, maybe up to 28 minutes per game. 
He certainly could play closer to 30 minutes per game, but I think that Gonzaga is going to want to get some of those young guys more minutes. I think Jun Sakio offers really unique matchup problems if Gonzaga is willing to play him at the three. Uh, lineup with Yo at the three, Watson at the four, EK or Ben Gregg or Braden Huff at the five is really challenging for opposing defenses. Gonzaga is going to out-rebound basically everybody. And I think bringing in lineups like that could be valuable. Similarly, Dusty Stromer, especially if he shows showcases the ability to be a strong defender from day one, could create situations where it makes sense to rotate Steele out a little bit more often, have those other guys creating matchup issues for opposing teams. Having said that, my guess is Steele still plays 25 to 28 minutes per night. Uh, and I think he's going to have, I think he's going to have his ups and downs. I, I do think that for any player kind of coming into this situation where they are asked to play a much different role than they've played previously, it takes a bit of adjusting. At the end of the day, though, Steele Venters, the man can shoot the basketball and he's going to be good at shooting the basketball. He might have his off nights. Who isn't going to have their off nights? But I, I think ultimately we will see Steele Venters thrive in a complementary role as a starter for Gonzaga. I think he's going to play, by the time WCC play rolls around, he's going to be a 50% shooter from three, just like Malachi Smith was last year. I think we're going to see the same type of production from Steel Venters. I wouldn't expect a ton from him defensively. I wouldn't expect a ton from him in terms of rebounding or passing. He's a shooter. That's what he's going to do. He's not going to do a ton else. He hasn't shown uh, in his college career that he does a ton other than that. And I don't think Gonzaga is going to ask him to, to be a secondary creator. They're not going to ask him to crash the glass. They're not going to ask him to lock down the opposing team's best player. They, they know what they're getting in steel venters. And they're going to ask him to do the one thing that he's really freaking good at. And I think he's going to do it. And I think he's going to do it really well in terms of an actual projection. I don't like going super specific, but I'll give you something here. I think let's say 26 minutes per night, uh, 10, 11, 12 points, somewhere in that range, 49-ish percent from three. Basically, what I've done here is split the difference between Malachi Smith and Julian Strother. Malachi Smith played 21 minutes per game last year. Uh, he averaged 8.7 points. Julian Strother played 31 minutes per game last year. He averaged 15.2 points. Splitting that right in the middle, you get 26 minutes, you get about 11 points per game. That's kind of where I think Steele's going to be. Certainly other players will have to pick up some of that slack to help replace uh, the rest of the production from Strother, to certainly to help replace the rest of the production from Smith. Of course, the production from Rasir Bolton. There's a lot of players out the door, but I do think that Steele is capable of being not quite Julian Strother. Julian was 15 points per game, first round pick in the NBA draft. Like those things aren't going to happen for Steele, but I think he's capable of replicating a similar amount of his production, at least as a scorer. And I think that other players can pick up the slack in some of the other areas uh, to kind of help get this team back on track and being a similar level of production as they were last year. I don't think Steele's an all WCC player necessarily. I think there's a chance he's a third teamer. I think there's a, there's a, a pretty good chance that he's like an honorable mention, um, but I don't know that the production is going to be quite there for him to be a second teamer. I, I, again, best case scenario for him. Yeah, he's in that conversation, but I think the likely scenario is that he's an honorable mention uh, as opposed to being on an actual team. And then there's his future. What happens after this? Because Steele Ventures has two years of eligibility remaining. So he will play this year and he will have one more year of eligibility after that. He could return for the 24-25 season. And if Steel Venters puts up the, project, the projection that I'm saying here, 11, 12 points per game, 26 minutes per night, well, there's a pretty good chance he comes back. Why not run it back? Why not do that again? Of course, he's going to face even more pressure from somebody like Yo or Stromer or Krinovich or, of course, anybody else who might come into the fold for Gonzaga. Maybe that isn't appealing to him. He doesn't want to 
uh, come back and, and have to fight for his role again. I think that was a, an element of the situation with Malachi Smith. Certainly guys who've been in college for many years sometimes just want to graduate and move on, go somewhere else. Uh, Steel Venters did declare for the NBA draft last year. He tested the NBA draft waters. Now he was never super serious about leaving. Like he just committed to Gonzaga and then was doing all the NBA draft workout. I think it was pretty clear to Steele and to the people that were working with him that he was planning to go to the, go to Gonzaga, but he got valuable feedback. He got feedback from the draft scouts, from the analysts, from people there telling him, here's what you want to work on. Here's the things we want to see from you. I think it's possible he, did, he does that again next year. Why wouldn't you go get that feedback? Go get that information. Do I think Steele Venters is an NBA player? No, honestly, probably not. He's six foot seven. He shoots the lights out. Those two things alone will get you attention. But is the athleticism at the NBA level? We'll have to see from what I've seen from him at Eastern Washington. No, it's probably not there. Defensively, no, he's kind of a liability at the college level. Probably would be a significant issue for him at the NBA level. But he's got the size. He's got the shooting. Check it out. See what they say. But I think ultimately Steel Venture is going to be in Spokane for two years. And then after that, he'll have a, a lucrative professional basketball playing career, although I don't expect it to happen uh, in the National Basketball Association. That's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. we got two more of these coming your way later this week to close out the week. We'll be back next week with a couple more as well as we get closer and closer to the start of the college basketball season. November 3rd, Gonzaga versus Lewis Clark State is coming up. Very excited to be talking about some real Gonzaga basketball very soon. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow the show wherever you get podcasts. You can find us on YouTube as well. Check out the Discord channel. There's a link in your show notes. You can go there, and we're chatting Zags 24-7, totally free to join. But again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as always, go Zags.